0: This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 2246. 10 Scientific Studies That May Change The Way You Approach Weight Loss, part two, by the NeuroGym team of myneurogym.com. And I'm Dr. Neil. Welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, or welcome for the first time if you're new here. This is the podcast where I act as your very own personal narrator and read to you from some of the most popular health and fitness blogs online. Now, for a lot more blogs being narrated for you, check out Optimal Living Daily. You can search and find that podcast wherever you're listening to this. Now, today's episode is part two of a longer post. If you missed part one, then I recommend going back and listening to that first. That was episode 2245. But if you're all caught up, let's get right to part two and continue optimizing your life. 10 Scientific Studies That May Change the Way You Approach Weight Loss, Part Two by the NeuroGym team of myneurogym.com. Six, nine out of 10 restaurants in America are overfeeding you by a lot. Everyone knows that fast food isn't good for you, but when was the last time you thought about your meal at a sit-down restaurant? That's real food, right? So it's healthy automatically. One of the problems here is quantity, not quality. The average daily calorie recommendation is about 2,500 for men and 2,000 for women. Unless you're big on tapas or gourmet restaurants with teeny portions are your thing, you're likely eating too much. The average restaurant entree in America contains 1,200 calories. American, Chinese, and Italian foods are even worse, with an average of almost 1,500 calories per plate. We're not even talking about drinks and appetizers. If you're the type of person who can't even imagine life without a bi-weekly trip to your favorite happy hour, here's a tip. Order your meal and ask for a to-go box right away. When your food arrives, put half of it in the box for later and enjoy two meals for the price of one. Or if leftovers are totally unappealing to you, order one entree and split it with your dinner companion. Seven the type of protein you eat may reduce your risk of type 2 diabetes. An inquisitive nutritionist wanted to know if there was a difference between people who ate more plant protein and people who ate more animal protein. So he took a huge sample of people and found out that there is. He observed that switching just 5% of your protein intake from animal to plant sources gives you a 23% reduced risk of getting type 2 diabetes. That's pretty significant. So next time you want to consume a chili cheese hot dog, consider having a plant-based meal instead. Eight, getting to the sweet spot of any exercise plan. What's the best way to work out if your goal is to burn fat? According to Science Direct, you'll see the biggest change if you're feeling the burn at your quote-unquote fat max. During exercise, your body oxidizes fat or carbohydrates which is another way of saying you're either burning fat or burning carbs to fuel your energy expenditure. As you increase the intensity, you may start burning more fat until you hit a peak. After the peak, the fat burn goes down and you're burning more carbs again. The fat max is the intensity zone where you're burning the maximum amount of fat instead of carbs. After 10 weeks of training, the subjects in the fat max group lost an average of five times more pure fat than the control group. Nine, are high-intensity workouts really better for weight loss? Physiologically, high-intensity training causes, quote, superior improvements in aerobic fitness, end quote. Psychologically, it's harder to maintain an intense training program rather than a moderate one, and it's more difficult to sustain an intense training program than a moderate one. If you have a hard time sticking to a fitness regimen, don't overcommit. If you make it too hard for yourself, you're unlikely to stick to it. If you're already somewhat of a fitness junkie, you'll definitely see more progress the harder you push yourself each session. And lastly, number 10, vegetarian, vegan, omnivore? Which one rules the diet plan? Ever wonder what type of diet will result in the most weight loss? Researchers in South Carolina took a sample of overweight adults and randomly assigned them to a six-month diet plan. The options were, vegan, meaning no animals or animal byproducts, vegetarian, meaning no meat, but some dairy and eggs, pescatarian, meaning dairy, eggs, and fish were allowed, semi-vegetarian, red meat once a week, white meat no more than five times a week, or omnivore, where nothing was off-limits. They all ate close to the same things each meal with a few variances. For instance, everyone had a taco for lunch, some with beans, but some with fish, and some with chicken. After six months of following their diet, one group showed significantly more weight loss than the other four groups. Which group would you guess lost the most weight? It was the vegans. This is probably shocking to a lot of people, or maybe you're hearing this and thinking, I knew it. Either way, with most factors controlled, it appears that a vegan diet will help you lose weight on a larger scale than if you're also eating meat and dairy. You may have noticed that some of these studies contradict each other. Is red meat bad or good? Should you really drink coffee to lose weight? Or is coffee sabotaging your performance? And how do I optimize my workout plan? This is the takeaway here. There is no one-size-fits-all method for losing weight and maintaining a healthy mind and body. Some people do well on a vegetarian diet. Some people don't. Some people get gassy from consuming broccoli, bananas, and legumes. Others cannot even imagine eating lamb, pork chops, or a chicken pot pie. You know what's best for your mind and body, right? So listen. Pay attention. What's your body telling you? Is your mind-gut connection giving you any cues or clues? How do you feel when you eat red meat? What happens when you eliminate cheese and bread from your daily diet, or when you go easy on the beer? Do you feel any better when you eat low-carb foods? Experiment, and you'll discover what you need. There's one thing everyone has in common when it comes to losing weight and keeping it off for good, mindset. Yep, having a weight loss mindset rules. Your mindset is sort of like the foundation of a house. No matter how good your building materials or diet and exercise plans, a shaky foundation means a fragile house. Remember the mindful eating study I shared in tip number five? The participants learned how to have a positive relationship with food and lost more weight, even though everyone in the study followed the same diet and exercise program. You see, your relationship with food and your body is just like any other relationship. You get the kind of results you expect and encourage. People who stay in great shape identify with their fit, firm, and fantastic persona. Internally, a healthy person, even on an off day or during an off week, will know, I'm a healthy person. Before you start working on the outside, notice what's going on inside. Think about some of the negative self-talk you hear in your head sometimes. We all have it. Would you ever talk to your best friend that way? Probably not, if you know anything about winning friends and influencing people especially. It's much easier to help and encourage people when you're positive and supportive, right? Luckily, you can train your brain to change, just like your muscles. If you want to have the healthy self-image of anyone who's ever graced the cover of Shape magazine, you can. You just listened to part two of the post titled 10 Scientific Studies That May Change the Way You Approach Weight Loss by the Neurogym Team There's no one-size-fits-all method for losing weight and maintaining a healthy mind and body. I'll give you a perfect example. One of the studies I conducted was comparing the effects of two diets on weight loss. The diets were opposite in that one was low-carb, high-protein, so we're talking lots of animal products. The other was a high-fiber, near-vegetarian diet. Here, the dieters had to eat lots of carbs and very little protein. And lots of fiber. After a full year of following up with the dieters, do you know what I found? Both diets worked equally for weight loss, meaning both groups lost about the same amount of weight. What happened? Now, the difference between those that were successful with their weight loss and those that weren't all came down to whether or not the diet suited their lifestyle, meaning did they enjoy the foods they were told to eat? If so, then they were able to lose weight. If they didn't enjoy the foods they ate, then they were likely to cheat, go off track, and therefore not lose as much weight. So as today's author said, find which healthy habits work best for you. Remember, it's a lifestyle. You want to stick to these habits for life. And you're more likely to stick to them if you actually enjoy what you're doing. All right, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening every day. Thank you for sharing this show with someone. That's one of the best ways to keep the show going. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I have a bonus episode coming up for you in just a moment. So I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits.